It's time for some inside animation. With your host, Adam Sartain. Today's guest, Judith Smiley. And now, here's your host, Adam Sartain. All right, and we're back with another episode of Inside Animation, where we get inside information about the animation industry. And today, my guest is voice actor Judith Smiley, who has a long history in the voiceover business, including co-running a voiceover studio in New York. Is that right? That's right, Adam. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah, my ex-husband and I started a recording studio out of his closet on West 72nd Street. We got all used parts from Canal Street, and then it grew into the top boutique studio in the city. It was called Soundhound. Now, it didn't stay in the closet, I'm assuming. No, no. Okay. We, we took you over. You eventually all. came out of the closet. We came out of the closet. <laughs> we took over a whole floor on West 45th Street. Wow. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I got to know all the heavy hitters in the voiceover industry, who were all my mentors. Can you name any? Sure. Peter Thomas, Harry Chase. Peter Thomas, what did he do? Peter Thomas, if you listen to Forensic Files, Peter's gone now, unfortunately. But if you listen to Forensic Files, that's that's Peter. We used to joke that if if we saw Peter having lunch, we know it was slow. (laughs) And what voices have you done that we may recognize oh it's been, uh, i've done i've done so many commercials as well like dentine or ginate uh, oh ginate ginate yeah i had a friend downstairs who owned a recording studio so come on in and audition okay five minutes later i made fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in three seconds but ginate miracle row uh i've so many of them i've forgotten deer foam slippers oh now, did they give you some free deer phone slippers? No, no, no. I, I made a lot of money. I didn't I didn't need the free slippers. <laughs> I did a lot, and I also did a lot of uh, what we called very quick. You had to do, you had to do like 20 minutes of coffee in two minutes, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I did a lot of that. Like um, the uh, the disclaimers at yeah, the end of yeah, the... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Well, you take one breath... And, very, <laughs> yeah, you take one breath and just charge in. <laughs> And I did a lot of kids, animals, accents. For animation? Yeah, for animation and commercials. My, my late mother used to say, I don't know who you are. You're answering me in all different voices. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm a Gemini. <laughs> any, any you can remember? That, any cartoons that you've done that you can remember? Oh, I did a dinosaur. I did something. I did a dragon. <laughs> oh, I can't miss her. I did... Uh, so many, they're like crowding into my head. Right. Um, what was your favorite one? I always love to do kids. Kids, yeah. Yeah, and witches. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend of mine whose daughter is 35 years old, and she still says to me, Judy, do your witchy laugh. <laughs> and I love to do kids and chipmunks. Oh, so 
so voicing children characters, yeah. child characters. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Was there a particular child character that you are fond of? Well, there was one I did for Deke. Oh, Deke, yeah. Yeah, I used to do a lot of work. D-I-C for those yeah. listening. Yeah, they're unfortunately no longer with us. No, but uh, they're was... a Canadian firm, as am I. I remember seeing at the end of those episodes, Deke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. definitely watched a lot of that. There was one character that was very, very fearful and very timid. Until you got him the wrong way. <laughs> what was that character's name? Uh, Jason, I think. Jason. Uh, do you remember the show it was for? I don't remember. Oh. It's, it's a while ago. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, you remember, walk us through a typical recording session. Oh, okay. How would that have worked when you, and now, when you got these jobs, did you do it in your own studio most of the time? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Um, so in your own, when it was one, when they said, just do it in your own studio. Yeah, well, it depends whether it was here or New York. In New York, it was sometimes in my own studio. Sometimes, there's a lovely gentleman named Joe Believus, and I did it in his studio, A&J. A lot of them. So you'd call him up and say... No, he would call me in. Oh, okay. He would call me in and... So uh, the studio is the one that brings you in to do the recording. Well, it depends. Sometimes the casting director. It depends. You know, you get to know... It's very different. Well, it's the thing is that it's like any other business, you know? Yeah. You get to know people. They they give you a shot, and if you can perform, they'll say, or they'll give you an audition. And if you can perform, you may not get that job right away. But they'll keep you in mind for something else. And then something else will come along and say, hmm, I think Judith can do this. Let's try her out. So you go in. Of course, I always buy cookies, which is why I got a lot of work. <laughs> and So you walk into the studio. You walk into the studio and they hand you the script. or like they who's, will... who's in the studio? So there's the engineer. There's the engineer, the director, okay. the producer. And the producer. And, some, and the other actors. And the, okay. Sometimes you get a chance to rehearse with them. Sometimes not. Sometimes you don't have anybody to talk to. Right. You know, as sometimes, I remember you're one... You're just talking to the mic. <laughs> you just talk, there was one instance, this, this was not animation, but, it, well, it sort of was, because I was doing a thing called English as a Second Language. And I got in because I used to go into the studio, my husband's studio, and we took a cab in. It was a huge snowstorm. And I walked over to the other studio, and nobody showed up. So I ended up doing all the voices in English, French, Irish, French-Canadian, Scottish, and I'd walk from one mic to another <laughs> and use a different voice for each. This so was Spanish, then? I was Spanish, yeah. Okay. It was Spanish. So um, say habla espanol? Uh, no, mais je parle français. But this was in New York, so right. at the time, Spanish was not an issue. But it was, it was really hysterical. I did it for an outfit called Aegis Productions, and they still remembered it. And then, then you would you would get the script, or you would have been sent the script, depending Beforehand, on how big, yeah. yeah, depending on how big your part is. Right. If you're carrying the whole show, of course they're going to send you the script so you can mark off your mark off your breathing points. Right. That is whether you're doing narration, which I did a lot of. Whether you're doing narration or commercials or anything else, you must mark your breathing points. 
Right. That's because if you have to stop and to catch your yeah, if you have to stop and catch your breath in the middle of a sentence, it's going to screw the whole thing. That's going to yeah. sound bad, and yeah. they're going to make you do it again. Yeah. Yeah, and and you don't sound professional. Right. So if you have all that down beforehand, even if they don't send you the script, I always got to the session half an hour beforehand, so I could get the script and mark also where my voice would go up or where it go down and get the feeling of the emotional life of the character which is also very important because anybody and a, and can a thing a lot of uh, especially aspiring voice actors skip or like don't think about when they think about the, they think about the voice and not the acting there's two parts to voice acting absolutely because anybody can do a funny voice right I mean, everybody, you pull how some, how someone off the street. I mean, you, sure, I can do it. I can do it. But if you don't what have... Why can't he do angry? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't... If you don't have... I'm sorry, Mommy. If you don't have the emotional voice, you know, it's like over your head. Right. Who cares? You know, it's that emotional life that causes people to stop and go, hmm... You know, right, and that's a key part of animation too, because you know, there's, I mean, there's some things that the animators can do, but there's only so much that you can do to show like you know emotions. The rest has to come from the voice. Oh, absolutely! It's it's a very it's a difficult, it's more difficult than commercials, and it's just as difficult as acting on stage. Definitely more difficult, I think, because acting on stage you have. The leeway to be bombastic if you want, if you need to, but on a microphone you can't. You have to squeeze everything into this small little thing that I'm looking at now and convey everything from the belly. Right. So you you get there. You've marked your you've marked your script off. All the people who are there. Who start? The, does the director yell action or how does that work? In the directors. I say, okay, guys, you ready? You want to go through one, or maybe not. Maybe maybe they're pressed for time and they just want to go through. It also depends a lot. I mean, people. This business is, as you know, very incestuous. Right. So it comes to the point where usually people will have worked with each other. So you everyone often. knows everyone each other. knows everyone, and everyone knows exactly what they're going to do and which joke they're going to make. Right. You know. And what cookies I'm going to bring. <laughs> you know, so, I mean... But they can't eat them during the... No, well, no, 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 because they uh, get stuck. Would, yeah, get stuck. Okay. But it's... So, if there's a newbie, you know, as people were very generous to me. Very generous. I had a lot of mentors, as I said. So, they would you stand around and they make sure that they the newbie knows what they're doing. And then you, you go. And you mark it off. If you have a... Um, if you have a stumble, you say, pick up, you know. So you just say, pick up, and then you, you stop. Go. Then you say, pick up, and you go ahead. And you go ahead. So right. that you... Because you got to be mindful of the sound engineer who's going to be that's editing. That's it. Yes, yeah. exactly it. That's exactly it. Once the editor knows that it's pick up, he knows he doesn't have to put that in. He goes on to the next. Right. That's very important. Because that, they'll do different tracks, too. Oh, they'll sure. Or different things on, like, certain, like a stretch on one track. And then another stretch on another track, or different voice also on a when different the, track. Also, when you're adding music, right? You know, you have to be sure that your voice will cut through, right? 
and then and it's kind of a conversation almost between you know you doing the thing and then the sound engineer or whoever on the so sound engineer producer director all of them are in a separate room right yeah but the thing is that like I said before it's an incestuous business and you get to know them so I right. mean I knew every sound engineer in in New York particularly since one of them was my husband at the time. And then you have uh, headphones or something in your booth, right? You have a choice. Okay. You have a choice. Will there be speakers then, if not? Yeah. Okay. You have a choice. Sometimes the phones make you a little constricted. Right. I like to... It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing commercial, I like to do the phones. Okay. Because then I can get my voice in the proper timbre. Or the cans, as Yeah, the cans. <laughs> yeah. If I'm doing animation, I'd rather... Maybe the first take or two, I'll use the cans, just to get the timings down. But after that, I prefer to just bounce something back and forth between the other actor and me. Okay. And then, so they have a microphone on, on their side that they can use. Is it one microphone, or does everybody have a different... Again, it depends on what you're doing. Right. If you're doing something with two characters, you might have one microphone. Usually it's two but I mean the the production side. The production side goes in the in the studio. Like the so director, it comes the through producer, the, yeah, it comes through the speakers, right? You know, and there's only one microphone on their end, right? Well, it's not even microphone; it's speakers. Right, speakers. You know, I mean, they hear it through the speakers. Well, I mean, what do they for them to communicate? Because they need to communicate with you sometimes. They have a button, you know. They 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 push it, right? And this voice comes out over the. Is there ever uh, a hierarchy, like the sound engineer has control over the button, or only the director can touch the button? How does that work? Ah, uh, it depends on who you're working with. We okay. had we had one guy, <laughs> we had one guy in New York who wouldn't let the sound engineer near the button unless he had made the decision. <laughs> on the other hand, when I was working with a sound engineer for my ex-husband uh, Hank Avery, who was absolutely amazing. And he got full freedom to do anything he wanted to because it depends on the ears. Right. And, you know, everybody has a level of talent at it. Some are more talented than others. Some engineers have what we call ears. Right. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And if you have ears, you can do anything. You can walk on water. Yeah. You know, you can do anything you want to. And the director, most sometimes the director will just say, take it. I ask because there's that famous clip of Orson Welles recording commercials and he's yelling at the sound engineer. <laughs> oh, that's one more out of you. <laughs> that's you're that's, through. You that's, got just, it? that's just hubris. That's just hubris. Okay. <laughs> because most sound engineers, first of all, time is money. Right. Okay. Recording studios these days cost the national debt. <laughs> I, I mean, it's really expensive. And the equipment is also expensive. It is all too, of it. So. You know, and when you rent, when you go in, like if you're going to do a demo and you rent a studio... It's bloody well expensive. Yeah. You know? So time is money. So they don't want you know what around. Right. You know? They want to get in, get it done, get out. And have a good time while they're doing it. And that's why I think it's so clicky or like... Of course. Because they, they need to know that the person they're working with is going to be professional, is going to do it right. Exactly. Is it the way they want it. Exactly. People complain about that. And I, I was one of the biggest complainers. Until I started to work in the industry. <laughs> Until I saw what could go on if someone was not capable. Right. You know, it could cost. 
and I understand because you want to work with people upon whom you can rely. Like I said before, time is money. Right. And if you're dithering in a studio for an hour because someone can't get the right reading or someone can't get the right sound effect, yeah, you know, it could really eat into your budget. Well, speaking of dithering, let's move on okay. <laughs> to our next segment where I like to go back in time, but don't worry, we won't go too far. Right. <laughs> if you have to go back in time, you're going to be I'm coming over on the Mayflower. When you first started doing voiceover, when you first started doing commercials or whatever, what inspired you? Yeah, what inspired you to it get started? It was totally a fluke. I was a theater actress, okay, and a singer. And my ex-husband and I were building the studio. And we, I had a friend who was in the studio upstairs, Tony Knowles and his, his secretary, Karen. And they needed someone to do some Clairol commercials. So they took me upstairs and I did 25 Clairol commercials to time with no clock. Wow. I have a clock in my head because I've been, I've been working with Jeff for so long and practicing while other people did stuff, I knew what to do. So I you went, had the skills. Already. I had the skills, yeah. And that's what. So then Jeff made me a tape and kicked me out the door and said, go make money, which I did. <laughs> and that's the rest of it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Then I started, then I started, I'd clown around, I'd clown around in sessions, you know, and or I'd, I'd like this thing I told you about ages, and, and I'd start, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And people say, that's a good voice. I think do that. Or the other thing is, when I was working with my ex-husband, I'd pick up the phone and I'd go, good morning, Soundhound. Or I'd go, hello, Soundhound. You know, like Howard Benjamin? Yeah. yeah. I'd do that. And everybody went hysterical because they all knew who it was. Right. You know? And then they started putting me in their scripts. So the transition from commercials to animation was seamless. Seamless. Yeah. Seamless. Yeah, it really was pretty interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really covered the gamut, and at the time I was singing as well. So there was, and I sang a few things, you know, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. New York was really wonderful in those days. It's very expensive now. You can't even afford to, to do anything. Right. You get a you know, rent a closet for three grand a month. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> I loved it though. It was the 70s and the 80s. It was terrific. That's great. God, I used to be a BBD and all every other day. Um, And I had a wonderful agent, Carol Russo. So when did you get your agent? I, this is, I got my agent she was sending clients into Jeff, into, into Soundhound. Right. And I started clowning around with her. We became good friends, and she heard me clowning around. And she said, okay, I'm going to send you up for something. And she sent me up. Carol and I became really good friends. She was, um, she was a client of Jeff's, and she was starting to send people over. And they were, she knew who to send, and they were booked. So, what was Send it? for auditions. Yeah, for auditions. Okay. And was it the Jeanette? Yes. I did it through her. And... While you were friends. Yeah. Okay. 
So, and then she was sending me up for all kinds of miracle grow and the deer foam. Did you ask her or did she ask you no, she to, asked rep- me. to represent you? No, she asked me. Did she say, hey, do you have representation? No, she's, she's gonna, she said, I'm going to sign you. You don't think I'm going to let you go, do you? <laughs> Beautiful. And the funny thing is that my agent and manager now was her mother in the business as well. So I consider Susan a legacy from Carol. Right. You know, Carol and I were very, very close. As a matter of fact, she never used, she, she was very obese and she couldn't travel. But she would leave New York once a year and come to California to see me. Oh. I loved her. Oh, she was wonderful. She was really wonderful. And she sent me up for all the, that's why I booked so much. Because she knew what to send me up for. She knew where to go to Compton and uh, BBDNO and J. Walter Thompson. I mean, I, I was there almost every other day. Right. And so she was a specific voiceover agent? No, or she, just was, a she was the agent? actual general agent. Okay. Yeah, general agent. So general agents can do voiceover? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Nowadays, it's more specialized. Right. Like, in my day... <laughs> an agent was an agent. Yeah. In my day, when civilization was dawning, <laughs> you, could, you could also be freelance. Because right. I, I got sent up for another commercial for... Paradigm, who wanted to sign me as well, but I was loyal to Carol. Okay. And what agency was Carol with? Uh, Carol Wilson. Oh, her own agency? Her own name, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, are a lot of, yeah. there are a lot of older actors in New York who remember her with fondness. Yeah. Very good. these days I'm going to get an agent on the show. <laughs> well, get yourself so, together because you, with the CSI... Uh... That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But we're talking about voiceover agents because today they're a lot more specialized. You I have know. to have a, a voiceover agent to do voiceover yeah. and a theatrical yeah. agent to do live action stuff. Pain in the neck. Yeah. And a commercial agent to do commercials. I know. It's like if it, you know, if it's Tuesday, I must be in Lebanon. But managers can managers are like can do the old everything. days; they yeah. can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 friend Susan is my manager. Okay. Her husband is my agent. Right. Yeah. There you go. And so you often see managers and agents working together. Yes. Oh yeah. As the actors. Oh team, sure. So to oh speak. sure. Oh sure. Yeah. It's it's um it's very incestuous. The voiceover industry is much more active in New York than it is here. Really? But it's get it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. Interesting. You know, the animation with Disney and everything else. I've been out of it for a while because I had some health problems. But I'm now getting back into it and people remember me. Yeah. So that's this. That's good. On to our next segment, where I like to get advice from my guests. So, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting the business? Once has been told you should be a voice actor. What do they do next? <laughs> well, the thing it's like Carnegie Hall: practice, 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 practice. Yeah. You know, I used to get magazines. I used to read them. 
I used to read them in different voices. I used to look. I used to look at. When so, I, uh, all right. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, we moved from Montreal to a small town about a hundred miles out of Montreal, and I used to run around with all the animals. There weren't very many English people there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm the only Jewish girl I know who knows how to milk a cow. <laughs> And so I used to take animals out of traps. This does have a point. I would talk to myself in the animals. This is way before animation. I would talk to myself in the animals' voice. You would give them a voice yeah, as if you were talking. Exactly. To and that carried over to when I was practicing. So if you see an animal, give it a voice. If you see an animal in a movie, turn off the sound. And give it a, give it your own voice. If you see a funny person, talk to yourself in that voice. There are so many influences in the world, you know, right. and you just have to keep your eyes and ears open. And you have to be flexible. You basically have to be a four-year-old child again. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to, right. you know. So just be open. Open and it's okay to make a mistake, you know. Nobody's perfect because there's always... Take two. Right. You know? So once you've developed your voice, you've got a good, solid voice down, how do you book work? How do you, where do you well, go? Well, you, you have to get a reel together. Okay. Okay. I have, I have to update mine, as a matter of fact. You have to have a commercial reel. You have to have an animation reel. And it's networking. It's people. you got to meet people. Like everything yeah. else. Like everything else, it's networking. You go out and say, hi, I'm Judith Smiley. Here's my card. I am yours. I do this. I do that. I do voices. I do voices. Yvonne, I should do a voice. I got a voice. Have I got a voice for you? <laughs> you know, and practice your accents as well. Because people are going to ask you if, you, if you're going to do that. And a lot of times, to make a voice, you're going to throw an accent on Exactly. You. Exactly. I mean, the world is so... Open, like I said, I've had a lot of health problems, so I'm just getting back on my feet. And it's so wonderful how open the world is and how many people there are to mimic. <laughs> there are so many characters in LA. Oh, it's great. You know, and there and their dogs and cats, chipmunks, iguanas. You know, oh, yeah. any there, there are tons of things. That, you know, go to the zoo. Give each animal Better. give each animal a zoo. Yeah. Go, you know, in the in the morning on Saturday mornings, there's at nine o'clock. There's a program called Wild Times at the San Diego Zoo, oh. and it shows pictures of all animals. Right. Turn off the sound and give each animal a voice. There you go. The more you do it, the more proficient you'll be. Right. It also has to do with your voice range. You need to stretch your, your range. So you should know your voice range. Yeah, you should, and you should, you shouldn't, you should try and stretch it if you can. Because the more stuff you can do, the better off you are. And you know, the more, more likely you'll be hired. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we are just about out of time, but before we go, I always like to give my guests a chance to shout out. What are you doing next? Where can we see your work? Well, as a matter of fact, that's funny you should mention, I have a new movie that's just come out. Ooh. It's on Amazon. It's a, a live-action movie. Yeah, it's a feature. Room. It's yeah. a feature. 
that you're I'm not in. doing any animation, I'm doing me. Right. I'm playing a demented grandmother who gets splattered to death in the end. But it's a lot of fun. It's a horror movie. Right. And it's on Amazon. It's doing very well. What's the name of it? Of the Devil. Of the Devil on Amazon. It's produced by Kelton Jones and Susan Jones, who did my makeup looking like a corpse. With maggots coming out of my... Maggots are falling from my eyes. <laughs> it's very funny. I think it's funny for me. But it, it's a good... I've mis- seen the trailer. It is not funny. It well, is scary it, as... <laughs> don't watch it alone. But we've gotten some really good reviews. And even my family has watched it, which is amazing, because they never watch anything I do. Impressive. Uh, yeah. And then now we're getting my acting demo back together again and starting to work on all my other... Various and sundry voiceovers. I also have four scripts, two scripts I'm really completing, and two more are coming down the path. So I'm kind of busy. Great. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's really fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, and, Adam. It's been such fun. Yeah. And thank you all out there for listening. This, once again, has been another episode of Inside Animation.